Everybody meet somebody new? Hopefully, all right. Hey, like, uh, like Justin said, today we're going to be in James chapter 2. So if you have your Bibles, uh, go ahead and turn there. It will be on the screen. Um, and uh, happy Father's Day, by the way. In case you guys didn't notice, today is Father's Day. I don't know if we made that clear or not. But um, yeah, but hey, today I want to start off with a question to get our brains going here. Um, we all know, I mean, I, I would assume that we all know, that Jesus alone is who saves us. Correct? I think that as a church, hopefully we all know that, that there's no other way to salvation but through Christ alone. He's the way, the truth, and the life. No way to the Father but by Him. So here's my little question, little thing, get your brain going. Uh, Jesus came into human history about 2018 years ago, and then for about 4,000 years before that, the name Jesus was not really, it was never who Jesus is now. So how were people saved before Jesus came into human history? People still sinned. They still needed saved. So how did they do that? By faith. Uh, yeah, tell your neighbor the answer real quick. Go ahead. Everybody say out a loud answer. Say faith or something. Something fun. Sacrifice. Anything else? Found to be righteous before God. I like it. Okay. So James chapter 2. And we'll go ahead and... Um, I'll just go ahead and pray before we start, and then we'll dive right in. God, thank you so much for this opportunity to speak. Um, my words might be weak. They might not make much sense, but God, your spirit is here uh, to just make up for all of that. I ask that you um, grant your spirit to us now. Calm this place. Teach us from your word what you would have for us today. Um, God, thank you again for this opportunity, and thank you for your spirit in advance. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so, if there's three things that you have to know today, it's believe, receive, and produce. If you don't remember anything else that I say, just remember those three words. They go together. We're going to look more into them, but believe, receive, and produce. Um, James here in chapter 2 is talking to um, Jewish Christians who, who thought they kind of had it all figured out. Have you ever met somebody like that that's had it all figured out? They've always got the right thing. You've met Justin's like, yes, it's Drew, Drew, it's you. You have, you know, you think you always have it all figured out. It's a pain, I know. But um, that's kind of who James is talking to here. Um, and um, another kind of person that James is talking to here is the, is the person that says, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm a Christian, but, you know, I don't really have to believe what the Bible says is right and wrong. I don't really ha I mean, do I have to take that seriously? Because I know that, you know, it's by faith that I'm saved. Like, we all look to Ephesians 2, 8, 9, right? And it says, you know, Paul is saying, for by grace you have been saved through faith, not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Uh, so sometimes we look at that and we're like, oh, well, it's by faith. I know faith, so I'm good. Don't you try to, you know, convict me. Don't you try to put burdens on me. Don't you tell me I have to be different. Don't you tell me I have to do this. Don't say I have to do that. I just believe, and I'm good. Believing is very important. It's the first part of what we said, believe, receive, produce. It is very important, but James is here to tell us that it's not always the case, because James is not exactly happy with people that are making this argument of just believe, just faith alone. So, um, 
There's also a, a song that we sing here, and it's called, I'm Laying Down My Religion. And, and I, I hear that, and I sing it, and I say, man, I mean, a hundred years ago, laying down your religion, people would have thought you were backsliding, walking away, you didn't care about the faith anymore. Why, why are we having this church-wide movement that is encouraged everybody to lay down the religion? And I'm just like, man, whoever wrote that song must have had a terrible experience. But seriously, I mean, why else would you say, man, I'm trashing my religion? Because they probably grew up in religion. They probably had a terrible experience. Um, like, religion is just a word that stands for the way in which we believe or worship a superior being, such as God. There's nothing wrong with religion. There's something wrong with not understanding James chapter 2, 14 through 18. And the rest of the chapter we'll get to. Um, and James is really hitting also a message that I really think the American church needs to hear, and that's this, that if your walk with God only consists of theological entertainment, you might just be hiking alone. If you're just here to learn, and you spend 40 minutes a week learning, you might not get it. If that's all it is, you might not have it, because I'm making the argument here that we must believe, receive, and produce, and that not one is enough for us. It's all three. Um, so without further ado, let's get into James chapter 2, 14 through 18. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. James says, show me your faith apart from your works, but I will show you my faith by my works. I don't know about you, but if someone were to ever ask me the question, what good is it? It's obviously because they don't see value in whatever they're questioning. So basically, in other words, James is saying, it's useless to have faith without works. And I think God's here to tell us all, don't be useless. That's not the reason that Jesus came and died. He didn't come and die so that we could have a useless faith. He came that we may produce works. Believe, receive, produce. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that people do that are useless. Um, and I, I, I am just as guilty of some of these. So, but, you know, sometimes we, we do things like, hey, you know, I want to argue with my neighbor about those six inches that he put his fence over on my side of the yard. Like, that's useless. Like, just, it's six inches, it's all God's land anyways. Forget about it, you're fine. It's six inches, just let it go. If somebody parks their own trailer in your backyard, you might have a case there, but still. I mean, come on, six inches, get over it. You know, or, or stuff like, uh, you know, hey, I want to drink till I can't remember. What good is that? Don't drink until you can't remember. There's no point. That's what the Bible says. It says it's debauchery. It doesn't say, it just says don't, it's useless. Don't do it. That's what James is kind of getting at here. Don't do useless things. And then, um, you know, Facebook, good grief. Guys, if you post stuff on Facebook, be useful. Like, don't, 
I, you know, well, I just open for interpretation on your own. Talk about that smucker, but come on. I mean, and I once heard this story once. This, is, this is just blows my mind. But um, talking about useless and wasteless energy, there was this couple once, and this is going to be rated bad, but there was this couple I, I read about one time, and they were, <laughs> they were getting in a fight driving to where they wanted to go to eat because they didn't know where they wanted to go to eat. So they got in this like, intense verbal fight, and this is where it gets rated bad. The husband, like straight up, just like knocks out the wife cold. And I'm like... Because, like, Olive Garden or Red Lobster? Like, it wasn't a, you know, I think it was the Taco Bell in Westover. Because that place is aggravating. Normally it's closed. I'm sorry, but I'm a landscaper. I have to keep giving them tries for Taco Bell. But, so anyways, this guy knocks out his wife. Yeah, I'm sorry. So this guy knocks out his wife and then keeps driving to heaven knows where. Well, I mean, if I, I mean, I don't know what I would do because I would never do that. But, anyways, so the wife finally regains consciousness and like straight up like takes a pair of scissors or knife and just stabs him in the leg while he's driving. At that point, they wreck the car, please show up, and thankfully, we now have the greatest story of useless energy ever because the police found this guy that was stabbed in the leg while driving because they didn't know if they want to go to Olive Garden or Red Lobster. So what James is saying, do not waste your life. Don't waste your faith. Don't waste your energy. Put it to use. God wants to produce things in us, and if we hold on to dumb things, it's not, it's not going to be what God is desiring for us. What he wants is a faith, a belief. The word faith is the, is the noun form of the verb believe. So it's kind of tricky, but basically belief and faith are kind of the same things, and James is saying that you, know, you, you believe the verb, believe all that you know of God, and accept all of you know all that you know of God. Consider Him good, and that is now your faith. That's your noun. We call that doctrine. We call that theology, right? Well, James is saying that if just because you have the noun faith, doesn't mean you've cut it. There's there's more to the story than just coming here and listening to a good sermon. There's more to what God has for you than just coming here and listening to facts about him. Um, and you know, this, this, honestly, this, these verses, I really struggled with these um, kind of earlier in my walk with Christ because I grew up, you know, basically you're saved by faith. Do you, do you know the Romans road? You know, do, you, do you know where to point to verses so that you can be assured of your salvation? I think we've all kind of been there too. At least I know I was growing up. I mean, it was kind of like, hey, you know, do you know that you've sinned? Uh, yes, yes, I don't really want to talk about it, and I don't want to do anything about it, but I know that I've sinned. Okay, well, that's good. Okay, well, do you know that Jesus died for your sins? Yes, yes, I do. I don't really want to cry about it. I don't want to feel about it. I don't want to do anything else about it, but I know that he died for my sins, right? Well, do you know that he rose from the dead to give you life? I'm like, uh, yeah, but I don't really want to be weird about it. I don't want to be like too happy and weird about it because that's just not really cool. Uh, but they're like, okay, well, you're good. I mean, you know it. And I'm like, looking back, I'm not good. You're not good either if that's you. Like God, the God man came down in human form, took the form of a man. He was the form of the spirit, limitless in whatever he wanted to do, came down, humbled himself to a body one person, one flesh, lived 33 years perfectly, showing love to all, 
died in pursuit of us, was robbed of justice in his death to pay for our sins. If you don't have a response, James is saying, you don't have it. You must believe, receive, and produce. There's more than just faith. And here is the cool part. When you believe in God's Son that came to earth, born of a virgin, lived a perfect sinless life, fulfilled all that God said was right through the law, died for our sins, came back, when you believe that and you stand by it, and that's who you are, that's your testimony, that's what you're sticking to, God doesn't just leave you there. He doesn't just leave you with only a testimony. He leaves you with himself, with his spirit inside of you. That's amazing. Because what that spirit does, all it is to get him, you receive. You receive him. We were talk, I was talking to Justin on the phone this week, and we were talking like, dude, believe and receive. I mean, we're talking like car engine stuff. Like when you believe, if you know how a car engine works, you have an explosion between gas and air. And when you believe, it's like throwing that gas. It's like putting that pedal down. But when you put that pedal down, what you might not know on your engine is that that, that engine, that explosion chamber, needs more than just gas. If you had a bottle of gas and you stuck a match in it with no air, you're, you're, there's, no, there's no ignition. There's no light. There's no, the flame's just going out because it's just gas. It needs air to explode. So when you press that pedal, what you don't know is that you're, or maybe you do know, but I, I didn't know for a long time, but when you push that pedal, it also shoots air into this chamber. So you have gas and air. You have believing and the Holy Spirit that come into you, and all you do is you just take that step of faith. And when you take that step of faith on that gas pedal, that's a spark. That's a spark. And it lights an explosion. Justin, I think, covered it last week. The Holy Spirit, the dunamis, the dynamite, the explosion, the controlled explosion happens. You've believed and you've received. The next step is just step on the pedal and produce. Move. Work. When you get saved, when you believe and you receive, there's one of two things that happen. There's either a new do or a redo. You either redo everything you did in a way that looks spirit-filled, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. That's a redo. You go to work and you go to the same job and you're redoing it with the spirit. Guess what? It's different. If you think you got saved and you went back to work and nobody else said it was different, James might be talking to you here. I don't care how good your doctrine is. I don't care if you know the Bible better than I do. That's what James is saying. There is more than just theological entertainment to the Christian walk. Or it's a new do. Some of us, like myself, you know, when I read these verses, I said, man, what if, uh, man, what if I don't cut it? James is saying here that there's, there's expectations. There's stuff that, that's going to happen after this. I, I've seen my shortcomings. What if I can't cut my addictions? What if I can never forgive that person? What if I can't ever let go of that grudge? What if I can't stop? What if I can't give up this? What if I have to go back and relive this so that I can move forward in my walk? What if I have to go do something like this to somebody that I, I hate? 
maybe you're not strong enough to call it hate. Maybe you're just somebody you don't like. What if I have to do that? And here's what I've learned. And this might be even a good one to write down if I can word it right. When, you, when God shows you your shortcomings, he's showing you where he's growing you. The reason that you see shortcomings, the reason that you see weakness, is because God's preparing to make you strong. We all got that? When you see the weakness, when you see, see your shortcoming, it's not because the preacher's trying to beat you down. It's not because God wants you to be discouraged. It's because God is encouraging you, saying, hey, look, this is a weakness now, but when I'm done... When, we, when we're pushing that gas pedal over and over and you're accepting everything there is to believe in me, when you are producing good works through the Spirit that I am giving you, look at what happens. You're going to be stronger than you've ever been. But it starts with weakness. If you ignore just the weaknesses, you're limiting yourself to growth. And... The reason that God gives us shortcomings is that so He can, so that we can see Him grow in us. The coolest thing about God is that He made man. Obviously, I'm saying that because I am a man. So, which begs the question as well: Why? Why did God even bother making man? He made us in His image, we know, and we've sinned. But why? Did, why did He? Why did He make us? I mean, James is clearly saying it's to produce work, but then why else did he make us? I mean, if God just wanted to produce works, I mean, he probably could have built High Street a lot faster than we all could have because he just speaks things into existence. We have to lay brick and mortar. We have to set foundations. We have to do stuff. He could just... Man, I'd love to hire him. But... (laughs) But why, why did he make man? Well, here's the deal. And I think Justin can even help us with this, too. It's a lot funner together. Justin, it's funner. It's, fun. it's more fun. More fun. <laughs> Justin would agree, when he started this church, there was a lot of things that he had to do alone. A lot more alone than he was, is doing it now. We just, we just uh, honored Matt Veekman for all of his awesome work, which was amazing. And I'm so glad that you got some props for that, because you worked so hard. And it's so much funner now together, isn't it? I mean, I'm part of that, so I'm sorry. But for the most part, with everybody else, I mean, it's funner. It's funner. Write that down in your notes. Just not on, just not on your test. Funner together. That's why God made us. He could have built New York City all by himself. He could have done everything all by himself. But he just wanted to do it together. And that's fun. Her. <laughs> that's funny that's funny there's a second reason but I got distracted on that one so hold on oh yes got it okay so he made us because he wanted to do it together and here is also how he does it together it's through his spirit it's through that receiving of the spirit I mean we've we've always heard the church called the body of Christ right but I don't know if I ever really understood the 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 literalness of that statement until I thought about it more. Like, dude, we are the body. Why did Jesus come down and only stay for 33 years? Like, he could have stayed here and comforted 
all of the brokenhearted, comforted and fathered all the orphans. He could have grieved with all the widows. He could have given to all of the poor. He could have fed all of the homeless. But he's only one guy. And there's 8 billion people almost here on earth. One, one body. Jesus subjected himself to one body. There's not a stadium big enough for 8 billion people to hear him speak. There's not a place on earth that could be designed well enough for even 8 billion people in one lifetime to get through. So why didn't Jesus stay here? Well, I mean, it's kind of like a a catch-22 thing or something. Like, he did stay. But he's here in spirit form now. He said, I'm going that I may send my helper. We know that the Trinity, the God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit... The Holy Spirit and Jesus are one. Jesus and the Father are one. Jesus is here. His Spirit is here. And it blows my mind. He wants to live inside of us. When we, re- when we believe everything we know about God, when we receive the Holy Spirit, He comes inside of us. So that this hand, this is the hand of Jesus. What are we going to do with the hands of Jesus? These are Jesus' feet. Are they going to reach the unreached? Where are they going to go? Where are they going to take us? We had a a little spell with with Emmy this weekend, our our, uh, youngest daughter. Our only daughter, but our youngest one as well. Um, (laughs) We had a little spell with her this weekend, or this past week, and, you know, there was like so many people that came from here to come just see us at at the hospital. Like... That, when you believe presence, do you realize that when you believe, receive, you're producing God's presence? You are the presence of God. There's more personal ways. There's, private, there's ways that you can be alone with God privately, experience his presence in that way. But when you go forth from there, his spirit is in you. Where you go, his spirit's with you. As long as you're believing in Jesus and you're standing firm to that. You become the presence of God. Boy, is that power. Boy, don't you want to be a part of that. Lay down your religion if if it's contrary to that. Come be one with God. The marriage supper of the Lamb, the church, filled with the Spirit, will be united with Christ. We will literally become one flesh, physically become one flesh. We will be one with God, just as Jesus, when he was here on earth, said, I and the Father are one. God, make them one as we are one. Wow, is that powerful. If there's a religion that goes against that, yeah, count me out, lay that down. Sing about laying it down. Condemn that, get rid of it. I want that. I want a God that's that intimate with me, that that's close with me, that is so comfortable with me that he says, hey, where you go, that's my presence. Jesus said it. He said it. When two or three are gathered in my name, I'm there. Where you are is the presence of God. When you believe, you have faith, and you accept all that you know about God as good. You can't be out in left field. You can't just... Change the things that the Bible says about God because you don't believe in it. And then you can't make up for that with good works. 
That's not, that's not the emphasis on works that James is putting here. He's not saying, your works make up for anything that you disagree with. No! It, God is God. No matter how hard you try, no matter what you... I mean, some of the most sick people in the world tried to change God. Hitler being one of them. He just tried to edit the Bible. He believed in it, but he edited it. I mean, that's what, as well, James is talking about in verse 18, no, 19, picking back up. He's talking to these theologically confident people. He's not talking to felons. He's not talking to drug dealers. He's not talking to convicted murderers about questioning their salvation, saying, can that faith save them? He's talking to the theologically elite, the theologically confident. That's how I grew up. It should be theologically strong. Is he doctrinally sound? That's very important. You cannot get around doctrine. You have to have it. You have to have it. But James is here to say that, dude, you, <laughs> that's just the start. That's the start, and that's the guide rails. You can't, you can't just be out in left field and make up for it with works. People that, people that make, uh, just do good works, I mean, heck, I don't care if Mother Teresa disagreed with God, then her faith doesn't work. She's trying to change God. God is the same today, yesterday, and forever. When you try to make up for disagreements with works, it's kind of like investing in a Ponzi scheme, and you know it feels really cool and good until you realize who the owner of your accounts were with, this Ponzi scheme guy, and then you realize that you actually have nothing. Nothing. Plant, plant your works in the right garden. Don't plant it in the neighbor's garden where you never get to see it again. Plant your works and sound faith. Work out your own salvation, as Paul says in Philippians, with fear and trembling. Work on that faith. You look at the Old Testament, like we were talking about how to be saved in the Old Testament before. How is God good in the Old Testament? He did some crazy stuff. Don't even learn about it until you can accept what you know now. Because if you can't accept what you know now, and the world does a really good job of pointing out all of the, all of the uh, pansies and roses, or the daisies and roses, not pansies, but all of the roses about God. But there's a lot in there that he does that if we all looked into it, some of us might not agree. Until we take the time to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. James is saying... Verse 19, you believe that God is one, you do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. Guys, the right doctrine puts you in the same league as demons. That's scary. What are you resting assured in? Because the demons know this book. Satan knows this book. He tried to use it against Jesus. This is where James, you can tell he's getting worked up. You know, and, and believing that God is one part, you know, that comes from Deuteronomy 6. That probably would have been like the Jewish-Roman road. Because in, in Deuteronomy 6, uh, Moses is the one basically laying out the most important things about God. The most important thing, he's, summing, he's making sure that it, an emphasis, an emphasis on pla- is placed on this, that God is one, he is supreme, he is one, he is who he says he is, he's worth Stuff. So basically, in Jewish culture, it would have been like, do you believe God is one? And in our culture, it's, 
Well, do you know that you sinned? All have sinned, fall short of the glory of God. And then do you know that the wages of sin, do you know how to be saved? That's what James is talking about here. We've just put a lot more verses and a lot more fancy on it. They just summed it up into, do you know that God is one? James is saying, that's not enough. If the buck stops there, you missed it. Believe, receive, and produce James is saying, do you want, verse 20 now, do you want to be shown, you foolish person, that faith apart from works is useless? Now he's getting to the point, it's useless. And then he's talking, this is where we got the Old Testament salvation thing from. You see that faith was active along, oh wait, just missed one, was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was active. The noun became a verb along with his works, and faith was completed by his works. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. And he was called a friend of God. See, God is the same in the Old Testament as he is now. Some of us, if you're comfortable with God now, and all you've read is the, Old Test- or the New Testament, let's get to the Old. Let's start growing that faith. Let's see what, what God looks like. Let's see, the, let's see the Father. Let's see the Son. Let's see how they formed one, because a lot of people struggle with, oh yeah, I love the New Testament. I love the Jesus. I love the da-da-da-da-da. But when it comes to God the Father protecting his children, the Israelites, a lot of us jump off the bandwagon. What's your next step of growth? Your faith is important and you need to know more. Have the process. Way James is making another argument, same argument about the Old Testament. In the same way was not also Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way. Rahab was a, a member of the city of Jericho. Jericho was about to be condemned by God here on earth and the Israelites were about to take it out. And Rahab who was apparently a prostitute as well, noticed, took note, that God was with the Israelites. God's presence was with his people. Rahab, Rahab noticed that, and she said, boy, my city, I mean, she's a terrible patriot. My city does not believe in God and his people. In fact, we're scared to death of God and his people, and we just don't want to be killed. But Rahab says, I just want to team up with the winner. She believed, right? She believed. And it was an act of God that she even got those Israelites out safely and herself, right? She believed and she received the Holy Spirit's help to do what she knew was right. And she produced a work that not only saved herself physically, saved her spiritually, saved her family. And now, dude, she's infamous. She's in the Bible. She's going to be remembered forever. Everybody here on earth can learn about Rahab because she believed, she received God's blessing, she received his spirit to help, and she produced a work that was good. See, it's so God just used a prostitute. That's what he does. He comes in, He gives us a chance to believe. Everyone here right now has the chance to believe. I hope that a lot of you already have believed. And I hope that that today you can see that 
it's so important to receive the Spirit and focus on what that looks like. Learn in this book. The New Testament's actually really good at helping you learn what the, new, what the Holy Spirit looks like and how it plays out. And it's always going to be one of the two things, a new do or a redo. If you've never new dude or redid, then you missed something. And you need to go back to making sure that you believe, making sure you, you don't have an identity problem, making sure that you are God's son or daughter. So believe. Matt can start making his way up here if you'd like. Um, believe, receive the Holy Spirit, and just push that gap, just step forward in faith. Just, just light, the, light the spark plug. Explode the dynamite. That's all God's asking. I mean, it's, it's that simple. There's so much fear that I went through in these verses of, am I going to cut it? I don't look like this now. I don't have these habits now. I actually have bad habits that I've already worked through. But at the time when I read this, I was like, man, I, have, I got a lot of work to do. Am I ever going to make it? Guys, that was God's way of just saying, hey, look, I know that you can't do it alone. And all you got to do is just stay truth, truthful to me. Stay loyal to me. Trust me. It's that simple. Jesus did say, my burden is light and my yoke is easy. That doesn't mean that he's not going to take you through World War III. It just says when he does, you're yoked together. You're in the same harness as somebody who already went through it. He knows where you can go and where you can't go. And he's not a great boss you in a place to fail. God's a great boss. A great boss. And a great boss empowers and equips employees. Doesn't just say, oh, you didn't cut it. You, you, blah, blah, blah. you don't have what you need to succeed. God does not ever leave us without what we need to succeed. And what James is saying is that God's doing his part. You've got to just have faith. And when you do, you just got to step forward. Just step on the gas. And if you never step on the gas, you're not producing. What's the answer to that? Start producing. It's that simple. Last verse, 26. For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. You have to believe. You have to have the faith. You have to receive the Holy Spirit. You're not saved without it. And then you can just produce good works after that. God's equipping you, building an engine within you that is going to have controlled explosions that look like the fruit of the Spirit.